the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. This is a profound statement that many people either misunderstood or miss all today. Jesus has come to explain the unexplainable, to help us to discover the undiscoverable. We, here we are groping in the dark as the human race in that era, and eras before and eras after. And this light shined in the darkness and helped us find God, helped us understand God in a way that we could not before. That's mercy. I can see the promised land, though there's pain within the plan. There is victory in the end. Your love is my battle cry. The answer for all my life. Every dragon will fall. The mountains will move. Every chain of the past you've broken into. All the fear of the lies. We're singing the truth that nothing is. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Grace to Live with Pastor Keith Crosby, lead pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are delighted that you've chosen to spend time with us here on the broadcast today studying God's Word. We would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's broadcast, we'll be continuing with our Decoding Jesus teaching series as we hear part two of Pastor Keith's message entitled, Decoding the Historical Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us again to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. There's almost a little riddle in there because John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, first cousin, was six months older than Jesus. But what he writes there in the original language is that Jesus existed before me. What we see here is the word, the logos, became flesh. For the Greek philosophical mind, the idea of the logos becoming flesh is beyond the realm of their imagination. And for the Jewish mind, the idea that the word of the Lord becoming flesh was news too. Because, you know, a lot of times we have our own conceptions of Jesus, and we'd like to think that Jesus is going to appear to us every day, but that wouldn't do much for the second coming. That would be the 5th, the 15th, the 500th coming, right? So anybody reading this in that era would just be stunned. They would just be on the edge of their seat. Today, we're not so much on the edge of our seat because we have the whole 66 books of the Bible, but in that time, they did not. There would be a stunned silence. There would be an interest, a wonder for Jew and Greek alike. Verse 16, for from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace, mercy upon mercy. For the law was given through Moses and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. You have the, the prologue beginning and ending with the theme of God, the word being God. 
The God who was at the Father's side alludes to the Trinity. The God who was with God in John 1 refers to the Trinity. What we have here is a hint of the deity of Christ. We have the hint that Jesus is God, that Jesus is a God of mercy. And we have the fact that mercy comes by receiving grace and truth. This is big, too, because today we're either into grace or truth. Usually the Christian church and even the culture are people of extremes. It's all about grace. We don't care what you did. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We don't want to be harsh. We don't want to be critical. We don't want to be this. We don't want to be that. We just want grace. Or over here, you have sometimes the, you know, uh, the angry fundamentalist type. It's all about truth, 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 and we don't care about grace, grace, grace. The bottom line, without grace, there is no truth, and without truth, there is no grace. And Jesus was the perfect balance of grace and truth. And so with these 18 verses, what I want to do is to give you five keys to unlocking, to decoding, to understanding Jesus. And the first key is this one, number one. Realize that Jesus is the ultimate decoder. We're going to decode the decoder today, or at least start to. We're going to reverse engineer and understand who Jesus is. We're going to start in verse 18 and work backwards. Verse 18, no one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. The New American Standard nails this far better than the ESV. Much more clear, much more easy to understand. No one has ever seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is from in the bosom of the Father, this last four words in English, he has explained him. Jesus helps us to decode God. And in decoding Jesus and understanding Jesus, we need to understand that he is the ultimate decoder of who God is, of how God is, of the way to God. And the word there in the Greek, he has explained him, that, that phrase there, really says he has exegeted him. He has, he has unpacked God for us. He has explained God. He has exposited God for us. He has made God known and understandable to us in terms that we can understand. He has described God for us. When you think about it, who can explain God better than himself? I mean, really. Who can tell you how a person thinks better than that person? And we see this, that Jesus was with God. He was alongside God. Jesus, who was at the Father's side, and therefore he was with God. He is God. It's part of the mystery of the Trinity. We'll get into all that later. But Jesus is our way of understanding God. And the good news about that is, is that to decode, to unlock, to make sense of who Jesus is, is to understand who God is and how God is and how God thinks. To understand how Jesus thinks is to understand how God thinks. Understand that we find God, that we understand God through Jesus. That makes him the ultimate decoder. And as such, that brings us to the second key for decoding Jesus as we begin this study. Jesus is, understand that Jesus is the ultimate mercy giver, the ultimate grace giver, the perfect mercy giver. Where do we see that? We see that in verses 16 and 17. From his fullness, from who he is, from his essence and nature, we have all received grace upon grace. And that's an intensifier. Mercy upon mercy. Grace upon grace upon grace upon mercy. That's the idea. Grace abounding. Mercy abounding. Overflowing. It goes on to say in verse 17, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. This is a profound statement that many people either misunderstood or miss all today. Jesus has come to explain the unexplainable, to help us to discover the undiscoverable. 
We, here we are groping in the dark as the human race in that era, and eras before and eras after. And this light shined in the darkness and helped us find God, helped us understand God in a way that we could not before. That's mercy, because the human race, collectively and individually, had turned its back on God and had provoked the justice of God, the law of God. They had broken the law of God. When you break the law, there is a penalty. And Jesus came to give mercy, to show us the way to God. That is mercy. That is undeserved. That is better than we deserve. Grace, some people say, as God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is what is receiving what we don't deserve. And as lawbreakers, we don't deserve mercy. But he came to give it. Grace upon grace. Grace and truth. Because grace is not grace without truth. Somebody does something wrong and you just ignore it and you say, well, I'm being great. I'm grace giving. I'm merciful. No, you're not. Because you didn't tell them what the truth was to start with. You didn't tell them why they were wrong, how they can avoid it in the future. Jesus is full of grace and truth. The bad news is we're lawbreakers. That's the truth. The good news is that we can be forgiven. That's mercy. That's grace. That's who Jesus is. That's how Jesus is. In fact, later on it will say in John 3, 17 and 18, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. They are already lawbreakers because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. See, we were all dead in our trespasses and sins. We were lawbreakers. We were like puppy dogs in the dog pound, ready to be euthanized, so to speak. And somebody came and pulled us out. That's mercy. Except we were more than puppy dogs. We were human beings. This, this Jesus, uh, he came to earth to explain God to interpret God for us and to show us and to give us mercy and to, and to provide this cure for what ails us, we find the third key to decoding Jesus. Recognize as you try to understand and decode Jesus that Jesus is the ultimate soul doctor. He is the ultimate soul surgeon. Where do we see that? We see that in verses 12 and 14 as we, re, as we reverse engineer this passage. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, He gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood. They didn't inherit it. You can't be born a Christian if you're born into a Christian family. Nor the will of the flesh. It wasn't something they accomplished on their own. Nor the will of man. It's not something that was accomplished for them by a parent, but of God, but of the will of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, took up residence among us, pitched his tent among us, and we have seen his glory Glory of the only Son of the, from the Father, full of grace and truth. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I mean, just think about that. The soul surgeon paid a house call. Some of us are old enough to remember when doctors made house calls. There was a time. It's not just a rumor. It's true. But the grace giver enabled people who were cut off. The mercy giver enabled people who were cut off from God to receive forgiveness. Those who embrace him, those who do not push him aside, those who do not reject him, those who do not disregard him, to those who embraced him, to those who who received him when he came looking for them, to those he gave the right to become children of God. He fixed them. He repaired them. He made them right with God. He reconciled them. He restored them. He came to restore humanity to the relationship that it destroyed, that it damaged, that it broke. And we who were dead in our sins and trespasses He gave the ability for us to have life, to be made alive, as Colossians says, in Christ. God did not send his son into the world the first time to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. 
Think of this as the undercover boss. You ever watch that TV show? Some CEO comes to his company. He's working there. He's there ostensibly to learn from them to find out what is and isn't going on. Well, it's a, it's a little bit bigger than that with Jesus. He's there to tell them what's going on. He's there to clue them in. He's there to show them, to light their path, to show them the way to God. And he came bringing the cure for all that ails us. We all have a terminal disease, sin. Sin is when you do anything outside the will of God. You basically destroy yourself. And if there's not intervention, if there's not soul surgery, if there's not spiritual open heart surgery where he takes away your dead heart and gives you a new heart, there isn't any hope, there's no life. But Jesus came to give life and to give it abundantly that the world might be saved through him. Those who received him received a spiritual healing, a spiritual transformation, mercy upon mercy, because they didn't deserve it. We broke ourselves and he came to fix us. The decoder became flesh and took up residence with humanity. The ultimate grace giver came looking for us. That's the way it's always been when you look at it. Adam and Eve fled from God. God went out looking for them. Cain killed Abel. God said, where's your brother Abel? God came looking for Abraham. He came looking for Moses. He came looking for Israel through the prophets. He came looking for us through Jesus Christ. The soul doctor made a house call. The EMT arrived, you know, and I'm taking nothing away from EMTs, but you seldom get a neurosurgeon or a cardiac surgeon when you dial 911. You have to get to the ER, where the ER came to us. The great physician came to us. Therefore, we have to stop and consider the fourth key. How is it that he could be the soul surgeon? How is it that he could be the grace giver? How is it that he could decode God for us, help us to make sense of our existence? How, how could that happen? What could he possibly do? What does it take for him to do that? That's the fourth key. Consider the fact that Jesus is the ultimate life giver. You see that in verses 4 and 9. Look at, look at verse 4 with me. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Life is found in Jesus because Jesus is the creator of life. Jesus, Jesus brings life. It, Jesus brings life to the dead, to the spiritually dead, light to the spiritually blind. Later on when we get to the resurrection of Lazarus in John eleven twenty five and 26, we read this about Lazarus. He's talking, Jesus is talking to a sister of Lazarus, and he says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He basically said, I've come to give you medical attention. Do you want it? Will you trust me? Lazarus is dead, but I am the resurrection and the life. But he's talking really to her about her situation. Do you believe this? Because the difference between an eternity with Jesus and an eternity separated from the grace of God is our trust, is our reception. To as many as received him, to as many as embraced him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Do you believe this? Jesus is the ultimate life giver. Rescue, life-saving grace, life-saving mercy is found in trusting in, believing in, and putting your confidence in Jesus Christ. Jesus came into the world to give us life. He came to us. He came seeking and searching for that which was lost. Now, some might say, well, how can he do that? I mean, how can he bestow life? What is it about him that enables him to bestow life? How is the ultimate decoder, the ultimate mercy giver, the ultimate soul doctor, how is he the ultimate life giver? Well, this brings us to our fifth key. I want you to comprehend something, that Jesus is the ultimate creator. 
I said it a moment ago, but I want to make this a real a point of focus and interest. Jesus is the creator. How do we know that? Verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him was nothing made that was made. Let me read that again. Let that sink in. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus is the life giver. Jesus is the soul doctor. Jesus is the mercy giver. Jesus is the decoder because Jesus created life itself. Physical life, and he is therefore the provider of eternal life. We see this in Genesis 2-7. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the earth, from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Think about that. Jesus is the life giver. He's the creator. He's the one who, when it says God created in the heavens and the earth, let there be light. All these, this, is, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. You see that all over the place. You see it in Colossians 1.16 in the New Testament. Colossians 1.16 says this, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He's the creator. That's why he can do all this stuff. He has designer knowledge. He doesn't have theoretical knowledge. He has analogical knowledge. He has complete, exhaustive knowledge of how everything works, physical and non-physical. He made things visible. He made things that were invisible. All things were made through him. And this creator who imparted life to Adam and Eve came to give life to us, to give healing to us as a soul surgeon, to give mercy to us, and to enable us to decode him. And in decoding Jesus, you need to understand these things. You have to comprehend these things. You have to not just give them mental assent. You have to believe them. All things were made through him, and without him was nothing made that was made. There's a reason that the Gospel of John begins like this. Tell me if you've ever heard these words before. In the beginning, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is the creator. He made everything. He owns everything. Everything is owed to him. Mercy is his to give. Life is his to give and take. Healing is his to bestow. And understanding is his to grant. If, if he is the ultimate decoder, if he is the ultimate mercy giver, if he is the ultimate soul surgeon, the ultimate life giver, the ultimate creator, that really brings us to the big idea of this spiritual table of contents, of this executive summary to the Gospel of John, of this Sparks Notes. And that's found in verses 1, verse 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is God. He begins John's Gospel saying that in verse 1. He ends the uh, executive summary, the prologue saying that. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, He has made Him known. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus created all things. All things were made by him and through him. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, glory of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. No one has ever seen God, but the only God, Jesus, at the Father's side, he has explained him. Jesus is God. That's who rose from the dead. The Son of God, God the Son. The decoder, the mercy giver, the soul surgeon, the soul doctor, the life giver, the creator, came to earth to seek and save that which was lost. He came after us because we would not come after him. Decoding Jesus involves understanding that Jesus is God. Can we be sure that this is so? Well, what does the text say? That's what the text says. But what does Jesus say? 
We have to come back in the weeks to come and find out what he says about himself. But so far, we've glanced at the table of contents. And as you come away from this, you have to ask yourself, so what? So what? What does this mean for me here and now? Well, in your notes, there's some questions that you need to ask and answer in your own heart. But let me give you three, three so what, okay, to wrap up here. So what? So what? You have hope. God came looking for you and your kind. God cares. God loves. God pursues. And that means each and every one of us have hope. And if God is looking for you and looking to help you, there's no situation or circumstance that you're facing right now that's too big for God. He made it all. He understands how everything works. He understands your tolerances for stress. He knows what you can take and what you can take. He knows what you need and what you don't need. So you have hope because this God, this God came looking for you. There's help because if this God came looking for you and he made it all, And he understands it all. And he can heal you spiritually, physically, relationally, in every other kind of way. You are not without resources. Later on, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. An orphan in that day was hopeless and helpless. You are not hopeless and helpless. Because the one who said, let there be light, has come looking for you. And he wants to help you. As many as received him, as many as embraced him, as many as would listen to him, to him he gave the right to become his children. He wants to make you his. We think this life sometimes, and we live this life, as if there's all that is. But the bottom line is there's a life coming that lasts forever. That's the hereafter. That's eternal life. And we live eternally under one or two situations or circumstances. One, experiencing the grace of God throughout all eternity, or not. And he wants to help you find him. He wants to help you decode your life. He wants to help you make sense of your existence and find an eternal home as his child with him. Which brings us to the third, third item here. Third implication of what we just studied. The third so what? Heaven. The best is yet to be. Even if your life is great right now, you have something to look forward to far beyond anything you can imagine, dream of, hope for, or expect. He's ready to, uh, uh, to bless us exceedingly abundantly above what we're able to hope for, anticipate, or even dream of. He wants us to be his children. And if his children heirs, which means he wants us to be where he is. He wants us to be with him for all eternity. Not cut off from his mercy, but, but bathed in it. And the good news is, is that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he has explained God to us in a way that we can understand and embrace. And all we have to do, it's not, the will of, it's not your bloodline. It's not the will of the flesh. It's not what your mommy or daddy did. It's the will of God that you trust him, that you believe in him, that you embrace him that you put your confidence in him. And that is very good news indeed because we could not do it in our own flesh, in our own strength, with our own wit, with our own wisdom. God came to do for us what we could not do for ourselves, restore us to him. And Jesus is the light that shows us the way. The psalmist said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. And I just want to encourage you today. We always talk about embracing the light or running to the light. Well, here's the light to run to, Jesus Christ. He came looking for you. He wants to help you. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you heaven. All he asks is surrender. You surrender your will. You surrender your rights. You surrender your past, your present, your future. And you put, and you bet, you put it all on him. I hope all of you have done that. And if you haven't today, after the, the last closing songs, we'll have prayer partners come up here. They can just pray with you. They'll be, they can point you to Jesus. They can just encourage you. But don't leave here. If you know about Jesus but don't know him, know him today. 
we can't afford not to. And if you're still unconvinced, we'll come back next week. We're going to talk more. We're going to unpack this now in, in light of the whole Gospel of John. Pastor Keith Crosby with today's Grace to Live radio broadcast. We so very much want to thank you for taking the time to join us today to study God's Word. And it's important that we let you know that we feel so blessed that you join us here each day on the program. Please remember, Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside Church would love to hear from you. So please take a moment to drop us a line or shoot us an email to let us know how we can be praying for you. Here's how you can contact us. The church mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408-269-4782. And you can also visit our website at hillside.org, where you can find out more information about Pastor Keith, view our calendar of upcoming events here at Hillside, and also get information on our service times. And if you're close to the San Jose area, we would love for you to join us for worship. We are now offering two Sunday morning services here at Hillside Church, the first beginning at 9 a.m. and the second starting at 10.45 a.m. And we'll be continuing with our Spanish language service starting at 10.45 a.m. Remember, if you need more information on this or anything else happening here at Hillside Church, just visit our website at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll make plans to join us again next time as Pastor Keith continues decoding Jesus in our walkthrough of the Gospel of John. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves, and on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, may the Lord richly bless you, and thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.